All right, let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for today. Thank you for those that are here and those that will be listening. We ask that you lead this service and put a watch over my mouth, Lord, lest I sin against you. Prepare and open our hearts and minds to receive the message that you give me, gave me this week to bring to the people. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you make me sensitive to what you are saying and willing to repeat what I hear you say. Bless me, Lord, with the ability to communicate with great clarity your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This last week has been very, very hard. Um, and the, the crazy thing was is the Lord actually gave me this message the week before. Because he knew that this was going to be a hard week for me. And that's just one of the amazing, wonderful blessings that... that he blesses me with when when I when things are rough, he, he makes a way. And he will do that for you. I'm gonna do something that I don't normally do, and that is to tell a word, tell you a word that the Lord has been telling me since yesterday. Yesterday evening, the Lord started talking to me about a message that he wanted me to bring. And I don't know who it's for, because he never tells me who it's for, he and it could because it might be for more than one. <clears throat> but somebody's going to hear this message or be here today and hear this message and it's for them. And what the Lord said was, there is someone who is asking for great provision. There is someone who is asking, and it feels to me, this is just me, it feels to me like the provision is monetary. They want, they're asking for prosperity and it feels like it's, it's monetary, okay? Because a lot of times we ask for prosperity or provision, and it's we're not asking for monetary things. We're asking for blessings and you know other other uh, you know things that are not money. Okay, <clears throat> but they're asking for this great pros prosperity and asking the Lord to bless them greatly and to give them a lot. Okay, now I have asked for for to have gifts given to me a lot. Like, I, I want all the gifts. I want everything that I'm supposed to have. I don't want anything to be left out. And everything that God says that I'm supposed to have, I want. That's just me. But this person is asking for prosperity. And he wants, and he wanted you to know, whoever you are, he wants you to know, he wants to give you that great prosperity. Right now, you're living in just enough. You're living in exactly what... He is he's providing for all of your needs, but he's only providing just enough. The reason why he is only providing just enough is because you have not laid your heart down to him. He cannot give you what you are asking for because what you are asking for is going to turn your heart away from him. And he will never give you something that is going to turn your heart away from him. He will give this to you. When you have filled your heart with him, when you have laid your life down and said, I, I'm done with me, I'm giving it all to you, I, I'm, I'm laying everything down, and then you will go through testing. Do not be deceived. You will go through testing to see where your heart lays before God will prosper you. But he wants to give you this blessing he wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have such abundance that it cannot be contained. He wants to open the windows of heaven and bless you greatly. 
but he wanted you to know he cannot until you lay everything down. That's the message. So I just want to make sure that I said everything that he was telling me to say. So now we can go into the message for today. The message for today is the Roman road and repentance. We've been talking lately a lot about, and I feel like the, the Lord is telling people that we've got to live a lifestyle of repentance because we are sinners and we are meant to live a lifestyle of repentance because we have to lay things down to him and repent of our sins because there's no way for us to be good enough, right? And the Roman road is the way. We must acknowledge God as creator of everything, accepting our humble position in God's created order and purpose. Now, if you look at Romans 1.20, Romans 1.20 through, through, through 21, which says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So this is the God's wrath on the unrighteous. So this is the unrighteous that, that Paul is talking about. They knew God. They'd heard God. This is, this is those situations where someone grew up and heard about God and heard about, you know, what, heard about Jesus and then turned their heart away and said, I know he exists, but I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to do it. And this is where you get these people that say, well, if I'm good, I don't understand why God won't take me to heaven. You know, why I can't go to heaven because they don't honor him as God and they don't give thanks to him. They become futile in their thinking and foolish hearts are darkened. We must realize that we are sinners and that we need forgiveness. If we don't understand that we are sinners, then how can we know that we need a Savior? If we don't understand that we are sinful in our own flesh, why would we ever seek out a Savior? Because none of us are worthy under God's standards. So if you look at Romans 3.23... 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. So what does that mean? That means that none can get to him except through Jesus Christ. God gave us a way to be forgiven of our sins. He showed us his love by giving us the potential for eternal life through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. Now go to Romans 5.8. 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were in our sin, while we were doing the things that we wanted to do, living for ourselves and not for God, he still loved us so much that he died for us. If we remain sinners, we will die. However, if we repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will have eternal life. Go to Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. The wages of sin is death. When Jesus went to the cross on Calvary and died on that cross, he paid our wages for our sins with his body. You will get paid wages according to what you do in your life. You get paid wages for the work that you do and you get paid paid wages for the and you don't get paid wages for the work that you don't do. But the wages of sin is death. That is eternal separation from God. We must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and then we are saved. Go to Romans 10:9. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There are no other religious formulas or rituals needed for salvation. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we must determine in our hearts to make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. Last scripture for the day, 11, Romans 11:36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. He wants us to not just be saved. He wants us to be blessed. So if we are saved, which if you're in this room, most of us are, we have to make that choice to die to self. And that's a choice that we have to make every single day. It's not just, it's not just okay, I'm saved and I'm done, which some, some do, uh, denominations believe. It's, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus, you saved me. Now I have to profess my beliefs to the world. This is the reason why even if you were baptized as a child, you should be baptized as an adult because this is a choice. Because going down into the water, you go down and that is the grave. The water represents the grave. And so you are dying to, you're showing the world, I am dying to myself and my sin and what I have done. And I'm coming up clean, praise God, in Jesus. It is a profession. I am following Christ. I am doing what he wants me to do. I have laid my life down. And then we have to walk it out every day and, and choose to lay down our things, our lives, our work, our families, our finances. Everything has to be laid down daily. This is, this is, this is what it means to pick up your cross and carry it. We lay down and throw off the yoke that was put on us by sin in the grave, by Adam at the fall, and we take on Jesus' yoke, which by the way, whenever you say, whenever he says my yoke is light, when he says that it's it's the it's a picture of the cross and how light that is. Because the burdens that you now have are nothing compared to the sin that you've let go. I used to go to a church that uh, we had a pastor, and his name's Hallie Scott, and he would always say, the world has a problem, and that's sin. And God has the answer, it's Jesus Christ, and the choice is up to you. And when you look at it that way, it seems very, very simple, and it is. 
But then Satan comes in and he whispers in your ear and tries to make you think that it's complicated when it's not. Satan will tell you that you have to give this up or that up, and that's just not true. That's a lie. He wants you to think that you have to give up all kinds of things. That's not scripturally sound. Because if you lay your life down, the things that you were doing that were sinful and, and unrighteous before Christ, he will work through you, he will help you, he will help you overcome it, he will bless you, and he will free you, and then you'll have real freedom. Because you won't want to do it anymore, you'll choose not to do it. He says, let me help you, so that you can overcome what it is that is torturing you, what it is that made you think that you couldn't come to me, what it was that you thought that you couldn't let go of, if you'll give it to me, I'll walk you through it. And it won't hurt nearly as bad as it did to live under it. I know that because he helped me, he freed me of addiction. And I never could have done it without him. Whatever it is that you're going through in your life, that you're struggling to lay down to him, don't let that hinder, hinder your relationship with him. Because he wants it. He wants, you, he wants to work with you on it. And I feel like the, the last month, maybe month and a half, I've been doing sermons pretty much on the same thing, just coming at it from different ways because that's the, that's the way he's been working with me right now. He's, he's like, you need to come at it this way. You need to come at it that way. You need to come at it this way. And scripture after scripture after scripture, all for the same purpose. And he's not going to let it go. He's going to keep coming at it from different angles until we give our whole selves to him and lay down our lives and lay down our sin and lay down our, our wants and pick up his. Jesus wants you to believe in him. He wants you to believe that he came and lived and died and was buried and rose from the grave on the third day to pay the wages of sin that we could never pay so that we can spend eternal eternity in relationship with God. I'm going to tell you a story. Last week, I think it was last week, I told you a story about, you know, what you can, something you can say to people who say, I'm good. I don't understand why I can't go to heaven. And this, this was a really good analogy, I thought, and it was very quick. And so just suppose that you have two people, and one, one of them is a Christian and one of them is not. And the, the, the non-Christian says, well, I am good. I do good things. I do lots of great things for people. I don't understand why I have to follow Jesus to go to heaven. God should let me come to heaven because I'm good. The analogy is this. What you should say to them is, all right, let's go to the richest neighborhood that we can think of, and you pick out the mansion that you want to live in. You pick out any mansion, the one you think is the best. Go knock on the door and tell the owner of that, that mansion that you're good so you think that you should live there. And when they tell you no, you'll know why. And it's because you don't, they don't know you. Just because you're good doesn't mean that, that they're going to let you come live in their house. Same thing with God. Just because you think you're good doesn't mean you're gonna, you can come live in your house if you've never had a relationship with them. It's one of, it's, it was a very quick analogy. That's, a, that's the, the best way that you can approach that. Because the truth is, is that none of us are good. None of us are good enough in our own right. And we talked about that last week. Some of us need to return to Christ or come to, them, come to him for the very first time. If you need forgiveness today, 
you can pray right now and put your life put your life in his hands. If you need me to come and pray with you, I will. We're going to listen to the, the last song. And if you are returning to God, we can pray. I can lead you. Or you can just pray silently. Hi. For, this is for those that are listening on Spotify. If you would like to give your life to Christ, you can pray with me right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I am a sinner. And I am in need of a Savior. I believe that you came and died on the cross and rose after the third day so that I could live eternity with God. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I repent, Lord God, and I pray that you would forgive me. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Show me how to walk with you. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, hallelujah, you're saved. I ask that you find a local church and get plugged in to a church body. This is a necessity. Read the Word of God, get a Bible, and read and learn what He wants for you. Get baptized, and may God bless you.